to Recurring Nightmares, episode 26. I am Chris, as always, joined by Jeff. Hello. And today we have a sci-fi doubleheader of Event Horizon and Sunshine. But before we get to that, Jeff and I have seen all the movies. <laughs> we have a we have a list today. Uh, we saw quite a bit, so we're gonna yeah. hop hop in that. Some TV mixed in there as well. Um, yeah. For me, though, the, the month kicked off with the sadness. Yeah. Um, which is a. I, uh, I, uh, I sent you down this road. You did. Uh, you showed me the trailer. Uh, it's, it's Taiwan. It's a Taiwanese zombie film. I think that's right. I wanted to say it was Korean, but it is not. People would argue whether it's zombies, but uh, I mean, for shorthand, I, I say the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's like whatever you want. Like, uh, to, to it's call it, a zombie movie. It, it's just, it's, I think, doing something different with it for once. Uh, you know, yeah, not just fast or slow zombies, but something a little different with these zombies. Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, <laughs> I mean, but, but base, like, when it starts, like, these, these murderous things are like they they do eat people as well like they're they're a little bit fucked but i think that's like they're they're fucking weird they kill people and um anyway takes place in taiwan um and uh yeah it's like kind of like a non-stop gore fest um, yeah that uh, runs for a little bit. I think it might run a little bit long. I think it loses speed about halfway through. Um, once once she gets the main character, once she gets kind of like trapped in the the uh, hospital, I think it, yeah, it, a it, bit. it, it slows yeah. down a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's gory. It's like filled with like fucking weird, nasty shit. Like there's there's a these infected people like they just have like a crazy fucking orgy at one point covered in blood of their victims <laughs> it's nuts yeah these it's like a virus type thing and there's a little bit of um you know you could tell they're taking some inspiration from from real world like the way people respond and, and such yeah but essentially it's like these they're not like living dead it's people that are infected and you know, these zombies talk, they want to fuck, basically releases your id. Um, and, you know, uh, got a lot of hype for for being so fucked up, man. And it kind of, like, lives up to that. Like, uh, some crazy violence in this. Like, the the one that, like, a lot of the movie has faded from, from my mind already. <laughs> Maybe that's not a great sign, but... The, the thing that sticks out to me is one of the very first kills with uh, they take some like you know grease like hot oil yep. and spill it on somebody's face and rip their face off because their face is melting. I mean, crazy, right? Like, and it's like almost to the point of like um, juvenile, like you know how how like just how messed up can we be? You know what I mean? <laughs> type thing. Yes. Uh, but, you know, uh, I dug it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, you know, there's a, it fed that part of my brain, I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, it worked enough for me. I didn't love it. I wasn't like, oh, my God, this was amazing. Like, I did see people, like, going, like, oh, my God, this is. And, yes, it is extremely gory. It's extremely violent. Um, and I think it delivers on that promise. But, yeah, I mean. The story's a little thin. I mean, I don't know. A lot of stories are thin. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's just. It's, it's pretty, I don't know. There's pretty not standard. Much Pretty standard, yeah. like virus infecting people. Fair. This just has like the, the added, kind of uh, permutation of the the people infected are aware of what they're doing. They just enjoy it. Uh, it's, like, it's really there's there's a weird scene. I don't know weird like this. The guy shows up. He's at a. He's trying to get to his girlfriend, and he ends up at a uh, it's like a basketball court. And there's these kids like torturing this guy. Like they've stripped him down to basically his underwear, and they're they're fucking beating him and like hitting him with barbed wire. And they they pick him up at one point by his arms and legs and like run him into the basketball pole <laughs> that is covered in barbed wire and like run his nuts into it. And it's it's fucking brutal and then this guy chases them off because he's like oh they're 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 hurting this guy he's like i'm gonna help you i'm gonna help you and he's like why did you make why why'd you stop them it was like oh he's infected too and he likes it (laughs) i think he says i was about to blow my load yeah (laughs) like wow i mean they're that and that's not even like the most um there's i don't want to spoil the movie movie for people who haven't seen it but there's like crazy sex stuff with these zombies i think i yeah. just texted you oh my god at one point and i'm pretty sure you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah yeah i was like holy <laughs> shit like yeah. um there are some real like if you are a fan of like practical effects gore like there are some excellent shots here um and the the uh kind of the the tags here on IMDb. One of them is stabbed in the eye. And when you get to that point, it's fucking nasty. Like there's, it's, it's a nasty film that it delivers. Like it's, it says, this is what we're going to do. And that's exactly what it is. I recommend for me. (laughs) Like, again, it's just the, 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 you know, the story's not amazing. Two people get separated. They're trying to get back to each other. That's kind of, kind of it. But, uh, and again, if people say they don't like it, I can see that. But uh, to me, I like to see a movie really go for it, like really crazy like that. Yeah, and like normally you don't get that in, really in this not. type of, of genre. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's it fun enough. Um, let's see. Something else I think we both saw. Um, Firestarter? Yeah, I think I saw it. You forget it all already. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a uh, pretty forgettable. Uh, based on Stephen King's, um, I think it's his third or fourth novel. Uh, it's basically like an X Men story. Kid has like mutant superpowers, yeah. and there is an organization coming to get her, and that's it. Like it's super thin. Um, I never the, read it. Uh, I I have it here been like meaning yeah. to read it and then like i saw this new movie was coming out i was like maybe i should read it and i did not watch this instead based, based off the movies to me it, it kind of seems like one of his weaker stories to begin yeah. with 
and it really reminded me. Uh, I know you said X Men, that makes sense, but it reminded me a lot of Dean Koontz. Okay. But uh, just because Dean Koontz always, he always has to explain the weird things happening in in, in his books, and you know it's often uh, the parents experimented with LSD or some experimental LSD. You know, it, it's it's very much, and that explains how this person has superpowers. It's in a lot of his books, um, but I would say even like Dean Koontz, most of his books are better than, than this. Yeah, and this is just not a great like. So again, I, I think you're kind of trying to make something out of one of Stephen King's lesser stories, and I, I don't think that either like the original. I haven't seen the original. Fuck it. Forever years, yeah. yeah. Me, me too. Um, but, you know, I probably won't see this one again either. It, it has a cool score by John Carpenter, but the original one had a score by Tangerine Dream, which is, you know, they do great synth music too. Like, it's, you know, it's like the one saving grace of both movies. So it's kind of hard to be like, oh, this one was better because of this. And, or, you know, it's not even worth checking out for John Carpenter's score. Just check it out on, you know, whatever music service you subscribe to. Uh, um, the movie is pretty forgettable. It's uh, it's crazy that Carpenter was originally supposed to direct the the original Firestarter, um, but when the thing didn't do great at the box office, they they canceled it. You know, um, it, it's fine. Um, yeah, we got Star Starman because of that, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's you know, he, he did. He did uh, Christine, which was pretty fucking awesome. Yep. So. Yeah, he still still did a Stephen King. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, story. Yeah, this one super forgettable. The fire effects are pretty bad, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah. There's but, nothing really. Yeah, there's nothing of note like to I, this movie other I, than the music. I guess Zac Efron's in it. Like, <laughs> there's that I don't know. I, I have nothing against him, but feels yeah. slightly miscast. Yeah. yeah, it's actually the I, I like John Beasley. Um, I liked his character in it. Um, he played like the, this old guy um, who was drunk. <laughs> like, I kind of liked his uh, his little story. That was the only part of the, the movie I liked. So, um, you see anything else, Jeff? Yeah, many, many, many things. Um, I thought one TV one out there just because I was really excited about it. I really loved it. It's called uh, We Own the City. Uh, six-part uh, miniseries on HBO, so it's it's over and done with. You can watch the whole thing now. This is a new series from David Simon, who did The Wire, uh, and this is him returning to you know kind of his most famous material, which is Baltimore, kind of examining Baltimore as a city and the crime and the police and and all that. You know, mm-hmm. it's very familiar territory uh, from The Wire, and it includes a lot of people from The Wire. Uh, and some of them playing very different roles than they played on The Wire. Um, but this this reason this is a one-and-done thing, and it's only six episodes, it's because it's a true story. Based on actual events that happened, it, uh, it's adapted from a book about these events. And the way I kind of like pitched it to you guys in the group chat is like, what if The Shield was real... And, you know, like it was a true story and David Simon wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but by the end of this series, I, I, it made these cops, these real life cops, made the cops on the shield almost look like saints. Um, 
because at least the cops on the shield justified what they're doing in their head in some way a little more. I mean, there's a bit of that in here. But, like, Mackie had some sort of code to, to some of the things he did, you know what I mean? At least he told himself, and for a lot of it, he had, he had some sort of code. Right. Here, it's like... Like, you know, Mackie would be like, I'm the, you know, I'm getting drug dealers this off the street. And the, and they say that here, too, but these, these cops were, at least one of them, was dealing drugs. Like, it's like... Yeah, you're getting them off the street. Give them, giving them to yourself and putting them back out on the street for a profit is just like insane. There, there's not even like the moral silver lining behind it. It's like you're you're, like, you're just as bad. You're just a guy that's in yeah. power. Yeah, and it's like he tries to tell himself. Like the guy really tries to tell himself, but um, a lot of the episodes will just like kind of end on him. It it, it, it show starts episode one. These guys get caught. And the rest of the episodes is just a laundry list of their crimes as these guys break down in front of, you know, while they're getting interrogated. Like, just dumb, de- like, it's just, it's really a laundry list. We did, you know, go to this date, 2000, you know, April 5th, 2012, and then it shows you what happens there. And, um, but a lot of the episodes will just, like, end on a picture, of, or on a shot of this cop who's played by John Bernthal, just, like, in jail, like, sitting there thinking, like, I fucked up. <laughs> like it's like dawning on him that he's not getting out of the situ- the situation that he's in, uh, and maybe maybe I was wrong in some of the things I did. Um, but uh, John Berthal, like I said, is is the the main cop in it, and he, in my opinion, he gives like the performance of his career. This total cocky fucking asshole who, like underneath it all, is like really you could tell is like vulnerable and just kind of an idiot and wanting to be accepted. But it leads him to be, you know, be a leader at some point, and, and not a good leader. Um, and and I, what I love about David Simon's shows, uh, like especially The Wire and this, is like they're really just kind of about. They look at the small picture and the, and the big picture, and it's like you could kind of you almost get your arms around the, the the type of problems that we deal with in this country. Um, and I used to always think it was like him diagnosing and like, this is how we could fix this. And I, now I think he's saying like, this is why things are fucked and this is why they're never going to change. Uh, and I, I think he's, he's really good at that. Like he used to be a reporter. He, he spent a year following cops around and they may actually, he wrote a book about it and that became a show in the nineties called homicide. Uh, he knows what the fuck he's talking about. And, and he, 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 approaches even his fictional stuff with a kind of like reporter's eye you know um but uh here it's he really is like they are really doing kind of reporting on this is what happened and but it, man it, it is uh riveting and it but it's also, also just like i cannot believe how and yet i can but like how insane <laughs> like what, like I, i'm like what you know you're, you're really gonna do this to like, ruin people's lives and plant drugs on them just because like to get your numbers up like uh anyways uh we own the city was really great it's on nice. hbo uh six episodes there uh, what else have i seen i finally got to see ambulance um i i liked it for sure but like uh i i just i guess i was expecting to like it more <laughs> i don't know like uh i like 
I love like a, a heist movie, and this mm-hmm. is at least in part a heist movie. It's really more kind of an action movie once it gets going. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's uh, not a lot of planning of the heist, and like it yeah. happens, but it, it's a fraction. Of but the even heist. so, like I'm like at the end of the day when I was done with it, I was like, you know, other recent examples I thought were better. Like I thought Den of Thieves is a million times better. Uh, Wrath of Man, which is the uh, Jason Statham, Guy yep. Ritchie. Like that one, it has plenty of action in it. I thought it was, I was more invested in what was going on and stuff in that, and I thought it was better than Ambulance as well. But uh, and like I hate to say this, but like I kind of found Michael Bay's directing in it kind of distracting. Like it's so fucking like, uh, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. It's like everything is a drone shot. Like there's one part early on where like. There's a drone shot that goes down the side of a building, but it's like inserted in in like out of nowhere for no reason. Like it's yeah, not inserted on something. That one was like it's a really cool looking shot, but it's like, <laughs> it's like why? You're cutting away from like characters who are talking, and it's like you're not zooming in from above on them or anything. It was just like here's a shot of the city, um, and just like uh, like everything is just like like there's a part where. Uh, you know, they find a cop shot in this parking garage, and it's like it's, it's like it's just like a cop finding another cop in the garage, and instead of just shooting it normally, he makes a drone fly in through the the parking garage to this cop. Like I just I just didn't understand what, what we're doing sometimes. Well, it's uh, but, like you know, he had a new toy, and he's yeah, like, let's exactly. let's do everything we can with it. Yeah, but. I don't know. It, it, it's fun, but like, man, I, I, I like blind bought it thinking it, I was going to instantly love it and watch it a million times. And, and now I'm like, well, I'll probably watch it again at some point, I guess. Like, it's, it, it didn't like, I liked it, but it, it was not like, again, there's just so many other modern examples that I really like more. Um, I, I had a fun, I, I, I really like Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, very good. Like, so. That, that that I think pulled me through like some of the weird shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rescue Rangers. <laughs> oh yes, let's Straight talk about Plus. that nightmare. <laughs> I'm I, I don't know. I'm usually the guy I like. I kind of hate this thing in movies now, where it's like see how many things you could notice from. Like we're just gonna pull every sort of like intellectual property and and. You know, it's just like a game of uh, Where's Waldo? Like, oh, look at that! Look at this! Look at this! Remember this thing you saw? Remember yeah, this thing? like there, like there, there's some, there's some cool moments of that too. Like at one point, like it's pretty early on, Chip and Dale are at this party, and uh, like Paula Abdul and and the the cartoon cat, yeah, she the did background. the video. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're like they're like it's like shit like that et versus batman like, of it. Shit, that like, made me laugh that that, that was good like, i laughed at that you know, that was you, the you, best gag i think it's like a billboard but then you also see a clip of it and yep. the clip is funny it's just like the absurd idea of <laughs> batman versus et makes me laugh um there's another billboard that's really funny it's like um barrel street is mr doubtfire yeah uh, i i i Dude, I did not expect to like it, but I, I thought it was. Uh, it, I laughed many times in it, and I thought it was kind of clever. Some of the things, like that, um, the villain, the villains were in Uncanny Valley. And, I don't know, just like like I thought it was kind of. I don't know. I thought it was kind of smart and clever, but 
you saying no, huh? Uh, yeah, I watched it with uh, my wife and kids, and we all were like, what the fuck is this? Like, mm. it did not hit um, uh, at all. Like, that, like the the funniest, like, I think, like, you know, E.T. versus Batman was, like, the what got, like, the biggest laugh. Most of it was, it was the like, biggest one for me. <laughs> this is, like, I don't know. We just found, like, the, some of the dialogue really dull. My my one daughter was like, what the hell is going on? Like, some of it is she just has no, she doesn't know who the Rescue Rangers are. Like, it's not something she grew up with. Uh, that was more my wife and I. I did uh, wonder about this because, yeah, it's like kind of aimed at people our age more than anything. Yeah. But I think kids would like it, I thought. I don't know. Yeah, they, they did not. Um, in fact, uh, my youngest, she pulled out her phone at one point and was just like, watching videos on that. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and like, I, I wasn't, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything against John Mulaney or Andy Samberg. Um, but I did, they, they didn't do anything for me as Chipper Dale. Um, in fact, Andy Samberg kind of sounded like he was just playing his role on Brooklyn nine, nine. Okay. Like, I don't know. It just, it just did not work. Um, for us, which is, it's fine. Like it's, it's I, I, 90 yeah. minutes. So I'm always surprised to be the one here defending this one. I do think it was kind of clever. I did laugh again. It, it's not like, um, something that's near and dear to me or anything, but I, I was like, ah, it was better than I thought. Like it's better than I thought going in. And I uh, thought uh, what, no, actually what I think what got the biggest, uh, laugh was ugly Sonic. Yeah, uh, that 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 was the kids like that. They thought that was funny. They uh, knew but, that was, they knew what that was referencing. And yeah, yeah, because they they saw the original Sonic trailer. Um, but uh, Dale, his three D that was distracting. <laughs> like none of us like that. He, he looked <laughs> fucking atrocious. Um, and I think he's yeah, supposed I... to. I think he's supposed to look that way. Like it's not like they did a bad job animating him. It's just. It was terrifying looking. I don't know. I guess the the movie caught me on a good day. I'm saying if you have Disney Plus, you should check it out. I I'm mean, actually, I thought this was good enough to be theatrical. In my opinion, but. I think I honestly think this bombs. If if it, do you think so? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it. It's weird what what is hitting, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if this would hit. And it's weird, like I. So you said you liked it. Another one of my friends said they liked it, but then like two other friends were like, "Oh God, this was awful." <laughs> like somebody said it was the worst thing they've ever seen. Like that's hyperbole, or you've never <laughs> seen movies before. Um, <laughs> like it's not that bad. It's watchable. Uh, I did, we just did not like it, and I think with the kids not enjoying it, that that probably hurt my impression of it a little bit. I saw people tear it down viciously. Um, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> and no, but I, I was like, I, I saw it all over the board. But I saw the people I saw being very vicious about it. I was like, they sound like me. <laughs> I was like, so I'm going in thinking I'm going to hate it, and I was like, I was honestly like, um, I don't know, I was charmed by it. Let my defense is down. I'm glad, glad you liked it. Glad it worked for you. Um, uh, speaking of theatrical, we both saw Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? I really liked uh, yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Um, 
I mean, it's not like the deepest story, like, but neither well, was the original Top Gun. I do think no. it. I think it has a little more depth than the original one did. Um, I think it's a a cool uh, look at at Tom Cruise in you know in what is coming to probably the end of his action hero career. Uh, yeah. He is going to be that, sixty years old, so. And you know he is the one that is propping up these amazing action movies yeah. um, that are not you know guys in capes. Yep. Uh, and and that's something I really appreciate. Uh, it's, it 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 kind of sucks to think that like maybe when he's done maybe it's just Marvel like you know what I mean like I don't know. Yeah, because like I mean th- this. Maverick's doing fucking amazing, like better than I would yeah. have expected. Um, clearly better. Than, like you, you thought you were going high, um, and, and you were still I guess off. 55, <laughs> I guess fifty-five million, uh, which I think would have been great. Like that would have been a great opening weekend it for this. Would have been. It would have been. I think his best. One of his best. It would have beat the last Mission Impossible. And um, and that came out like you know before the pandemic. Add hundred million to that guess. Yeah, you're about right. Yeah, it's it's uh, not even been out. I guess it's yeah, it's not even been out a week or it's just hit a week and it's made a hundred and seventy, uh, hundred seventy six million dollars domestically. So, um, it's it's killing it. Uh, Joseph Kaczynski's great. Like with with his, he does a great job of mimicking Tony Scott's, um kind of style like it feels like a continuation of, of that what tony scott did with the first film the shots are amazing dude like the i was like is this real like because you know that tom cruise does like real shit and like yes. you learn how to fly a plane and this and that and I, but i was like watching i'm like yeah, most of this has got to be fake, right? Like all these other guys aren't doing it too. And apparently, they they did learn how to fly as well. And so I'm like, I'm just like, how much of this is real? Like this is insane. The the um, so like all the shots in the cockpit like are it's them, but um, it is not them doing all those maneuvers. Uh, but th- that stuff is real. Like when you know they see them buzzing low to the ground and the water kind of spraying up. Like those are professional pilots doing that. Like they yeah. they went out they they did amazing stuff here, um, uh, yeah it, it's um, incredible action it, you know it's weird for me because I did not grow up on Top Gun I was it's one of been one of those blind spots my whole life and I finally watched it a few weeks ago and so like I wasn't going into this as like a Top Gun fan right like I thought when I watched the original a couple of weeks ago I was like this is a cool eighties time capsule. Yeah. Like maybe some of this like air shit, like the flying around shit, like seemed groundbreaking at the time, but it kind of just looks like stock footage. Like it's just, it's not uh, like maybe it was impressive at the time, but it wasn't, that part was not impressive uh, watching it. Sure. You know, now this stuff is, is very impressive. Um, I think that like the thing I kept thinking was that like the way I reacted to Halloween 2018, that must be how it is for a lot of these people that are seeing this because it's just it's like you can't believe that there's a sequel this far later that is actually good <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah they found a uh, good they found a good story to go with like it's still yeah, simple but they yeah. found a way to make it work and um, and it's just they did you know 
like you know that, that they did it right like right at the beginning like it starts with the same opening title card as the original top gun just explaining what the top gun school is and you just like know at that point like it reminds me of when i saw like the opening credits of, of the new halloween and i cried at that <laughs> so embarrassing but uh you know, I, I I totally I felt that I could feel it in this crowd on Saturday night when I went to go see it, and, and like the last half hour, the crowd clapped like five times, dude. It was like five separate times when the whole crowd started clapping. Um, so it was doing it was like working on a level that was well beyond me for for these people who are true fans. Um, <laughs> we went to a bar right before, had a drink like right outside the theater, and a guy was there wearing a Top Gun shirt. <laughs> and you know, I was like, "Oh, you guys are going to see the movie," and you know, and his girlfriend are telling us about how they watched, you know, we watched the original last night. We're so fucking pumped. We're gonna name our kid Maverick. I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> like, there's people that are really, really like, and I have a friend who's like a really big fan of Top Gun. So that's not me, but I could, I could just feel that off the crowd. And I do think that this was just an ex- excellent uh, action movie. Again, the the plot is pretty simple, but you know what I love. I, I don't want to spend too much time on Top Gun, but what what I what I really loved about this is how they spend the whole movie explaining what the mission is. Yep. So that when it happens, like the, in the climax, when they do the mission, like aerial like combat can be confusing to watch. I think, and but because it's explained so well here you're never you're like you know the parameters you know like they have to fly at a certain elevation and and why like you just like get what's going on i kind of like really appreciated that like that might be my favorite thing about the whole movie is like how much time they spent explaining the, yeah, what they, the mission is so they, that when it happens you know you get it yeah they prep the audience really well and then it's like you know that like if they make a mistake here like if if uh, uh, you know rooster goes above, what is it like three hundred feet or whatever? No, they're gonna they're gonna get spotted. They're yeah. gonna get shot at. What's so they like, coming out of it? What's they're coming out of? Like there's, there's basically a bombing run that they're doing. Like what's they're coming out of it? It's gonna be really hard to get out of it and and, and not pass out. And once they reach a certain elevation, then they're gonna have you know missiles coming after. Like you just you like get what's gonna happen. Right? Yeah. Like you know the stakes, and so then when it's happening, it's just like it all makes sense. Like I don't know, like and you're invested in it, and I don't know. Like I, I think that's really one of the coolest things about it. Yeah. Um, then there's there is a uh, like you you get the characters too. They do a good job of of building uh, Maverick and 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 the relationship he has with Rooster. Uh, who looks just like Goose. Like, yeah, great. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> great casting there. Miles Teller delivers uh really well. Um and and you feel like, you know, you know Tom Cruise is is basically like trying to fill in for for Rooster's dad and it's like you get that emotion that that's going between the two of them. Um and they they do it really well. Uh, and yeah, I think like as you said, like they them setting up that mission as ridiculous as it is, like it is basically the the Death Star trench run yeah, in Star yeah, Wars, but um, it's great. Like it's so yeah. much fun. It's like holy shit, are they going to be able to do it? Um, and there are there are scenes in it that will make you like, even if you're not like I'm going to clap out loud, but you're like, yes, holy shit, that was awesome. Like, 
there was a part where uh, I think Cruz says, what the fuck was that? That was an amazing part. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, um, and then there's, there is like the meta commentary type thing that, yeah. or like things that we're, we're bringing into it and reading into it. And then you kind of like mentioned it, like, like Tom Cruise is kind of like the symbol of real action movies that are not green screened and they're not based on comic books. And it's, this is kind of a one last ride type thing. You know what I mean? Like it, it feels like the movie is kind of commenting on it, that. A in a way. Bit. I, I also think like the kind of the way the film ends, it's like, like Maverick, Maverick was Maverick, the character he is born to fly. Like that is, that's where he belongs. That's what he should be doing. And he's going to do it until he, he can't do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of about him. And it's also about him growing old. You yeah. Know, uh, it's a, one of the first times that Tom Cruise is starting to look older. Holy, did you get the, did you get the uh, scene before the film where he like kind of introduces it? No. Okay, so they're like I don't know if you've ever seen like sometimes they'll have like the actors come up and yeah, like, yeah, like, we work really hard. Yeah, like, thank you, you for coming. Like, so he does this one and he looks like it was the first time. Like, holy shit! Like, Tom Cruise looks. Old. He's got some lines and stuff now. Uh, I mean, he looks uh, he looks good for his age. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but he's, yeah. And I'm really interested to see, you know, when he hang if he does hang up you know, doing these action movies, I, I would love to see him go back to doing drama. Like the guy had a real interesting run before he started doing this stuff. Uh, I would love to see him go back to it. I mean, I'm really interested to see what the, the rest of his career looks like. Yep. But man, I, I really enjoy him giving us people who are not comic book fans, something exciting, like a fun popcorn movie to go see. I can't wait for mission impossible. Yeah, yeah, super like, and that that trailer was great too. Yeah, <laughs> it's out yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, this Top Gun Maverick, like, fantastic action film. It's a classic, classic action. Um, great, great time at the theater. Uh, speaking of comic book movies, so Jeff, <laughs> I saw that Doctor. Oh, just, yeah. I saw I saw the new Sam Raimi film, Doctor Strange yeah. and the Multiverse yeah. of Madness, and uh i don't know people were losing their shit over it going oh my god it's like a fucking horror film and it's it's i the, did catch that yeah. the most violent marvel film ever and i saw it and i was like this is like every other marvel film ever um and i don't know i don't know what the hype about it was it's fine it is another one of those movies it did get a mixed reaction and you know outside of like oh if this is too much horror like some people I saw people going like I do. This is not for kids. I'm like, I know, but I don't. You just like know. beyond that though. Like a lot of people just being like, not a very good. Even if you're into these, maybe not the best. No, it's um, certainly not. It's fine. It and is. And if you're going, watchable. if you're going to see this because it's Sam Raimi, it's just like, dude, he's a cognitive machine, man. Like I, yep. I don't know what to t- like. I guess it sounds like he did bring some of them to it, but extremely yeah, hot, um, hot take for me. I don't love his shit. <laughs> I hate to say it, like I, I mean, from... <laughs> I am with you on that. Okay. Like, um, like I, there's some stuff I like of his clearly, right? Like the the original Evil Dead, um, Army of Darkness. Like I don't like him. Uh, you know, Dark Man. I like that stuff, but like, he, there is stuff like 
I don't know. Like, I don't think he is as great as some people kind of make him out to be. And uh, it's it's you know he's at least a unique like he he has certain things that are Sam Raimi. Yeah. You know, and I, and and I I'm always thankful for for stuff like that. But like, man, I refrained by I was gonna say something like I Twitter like <laughs> yeah you know like fuck all Sam Raimi because like I just. I don't like the Evil Dead movies. Okay, that's I, fair. I loved I loved Darkman when I was a kid. I, I really did love that one. Um, like another one to me that I just don't get. Like I don't get the hype for. I've seen it probably two or three times. And I just do not get it. Is Drag Me to Hell? Like I just don't get what the deal is. With that. Yeah, like, people know. like hype that up after he after he finished people the Spider Man movies and were like, oh my god, he's returned to horror. It's so great. I'm like, it's fine. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's made one of my favorite movies of all time. So, like, uh, but it's weird. It's the one that never gets talked about. It's a simple plan. I, that's one of my favorite fucking movies ever. And that's four guys find a bag of money. You know, and, and it's, it has some horror elements to it for sure. And, and like, a lot of people say it's like him copying um, uh, the Coen brothers. But uh, to me, it's like as good as anything they've ever done. I, I love that movie. But again, that's it's it's weird to me. It's like the one that I really love and would probably put in my top ten movies ever is not the one that anyone gives a shit about. And all the ones that people like <laughs> love, I'm just like I don't know, dude. Like I don't I, like Evil Dead does nothing for me. It never has. Um, that's fair. Dragon Hell is another like question mark. I'm like I I, I want like I almost watched Dragon Hell again because I'm like. What am I missing? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the multiverse of madness, though, it's fine. Like, I don't know. It ha- has some cool visuals. Uh, like, a lot of your Marvel reviews sound like just it. Yeah, it's, it's like, okay, I guess. I, and I think, like, really, like, up through, like, I, I, I was into the MCU, like, you know, when, when they first started, Iron Man 1, all that shit. Like, it was fun. But now it's like they're all basically the same. Like they're fine. Like, but they're just like two hour long TV shows that are pushing yeah. like a more of whatever the story they're going for. And it's like they they seem like they're aimless right now. Like there is a through line for it all, but it's like none of it seems like it's at least pointing to something. Uh, at least like you know the original ones are pointing to the Avengers getting together or you know ultimately Endgame, which. By then, I was kind of burnt out a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, it's it's Marvel. It's more Marvel. Uh, last film I saw was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nick yeah. Cage. That film is a blast. <laughs> um, Nick Cage plays himself, uh, and he kind of gets, if you've seen the trailer, he gets drafted into uh, helping the CIA... Um, investigate um, Pedro Pascal's character Javi and they think he is a crime lord of some sort and so you see this guy who is an actor trying to get into into it with with this crime lord and uh, you know hijinks that happen um, it takes a few twists it's actually uh, I think you know, very good heart to it um, Nick Cage is is fantastic in it so is uh peter pascal both of them great uh chemistry throughout it's just a fun 
fun movie. Um, had a, had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I heard there's a Mandy reference. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> I heard you know there's kind of referencing a lot. I'm like, is there a pig reference? Is there you know that might be too new? But, I don't uh, I don't think there was a pig reference. They do mention like a lot of of his films. Like Pedro Pascal's character is basically like a Nick Cage super fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but which he's, you know. I, I'm borderline there. I'm not like some like our friend Nelson. Uh, he thought this movie was gonna make over 100 million. That's like that's how big of a like Nick Cage fan he is. Uh, uh, it's a shame that it, it has not done as well um, yeah. as maybe it could. But I, I don't know what the market for like Nick Cage being Nick Cage. I just don't know what you how how much you expect this to make. It's like a goofy comedy, right? Yeah. Like it's it, you know. It's kind of to a specific uh, thing. Like you have to like. I think you have to like. Nick, I don't know. I've not seen the movie, but I feel like you have to like Nick Cage to like. Oh, definitely. Yes. Which you should. You should like Nick Cage, but uh, you know. But it's it, very it's, specific. Uh, you know, like, yeah. it, why are you going to go see this movie where Nick if Cage not, plays yeah. himself if you don't love Nick Cage movies? Uh, because it's full of Nick Cage references, and like otherwise, it's just a you know celebrity with a crime lord hijinks ensues like it's it's not that part of it isn't anything special it's the whole nick cage playing himself and kind of making self-references to himself and and how he acts so it's good good stuff i'm excited to see that i'm sure it will be beauty soon i hope it should be i think it's been out for for a couple months now so um and last thing, a little bit of TV, uh, Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah, yeah that was another out. thing. There's so much, there was so much this month. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Obi-Wan just came out. Um, and I guess we're, we're now at episode three of that. I don't know how many there are. I think it's six again. Okay. Like a lot of the other. Like the special Marvel. Like the, the ones Marvel's been doing where it's like they have the big name actors. They do it. I think this is like a one-off too, right? It's not gonna. It is. There's not gonna be a season yeah. two of Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, this stemmed out of the pre- like there was originally going to be an Obi Wan movie starring Ewan McGregor. Um, yeah. That never really got off the ground. They repurposed that, spread it out a little bit, gave it a little bit more story, I guess, and it's now yeah. six episodes that are about 40, 45 minutes each. Uh, so far, pretty good. Um, it's so far absolutely I agree like <laughs> I'm loving it it's good stuff I, I'm like surprised because I I think I do this stuff kind of smart with the Star Wars where like I don't watch everything like I don't want it to I think one thing that's and I, I've said this before but I saw someone else kind of saying it again on Twitter this week is that like the thing that was amazing about Star Wars is like it would go away for a while, like in you'd get so excited. Like when the, remember when the Force Awakens came out, you're just like, holy shit, dude, Star Wars is back, and like you just don't get that anymore. It's always there's always more. Like yeah, well, I mean uh, that that's gonna be with with anything now. That uh, yeah. all all these companies have learned that they can exploit 
every property they have. So there's going to be an alien TV show. There is. Like, yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't. I know you love Star Wars, and so you're probably just happy to be getting all this. But like, do you get what I'm saying? Though it's like, no, I do. For like 20 years, you'd be but, like, but that's yeah. the thing for somebody like me that that it, like does love Star Wars. It never went away. Like, I mean, it, the yeah. the longest it went away was probably from Return of the Jedi to when the the novels started coming out in the early 90s. And from there, it's been there's always been Star Wars, but not for like the mainstream. Like, like you had to be into yeah. Star Wars to be getting that. So for me, like this is like it's really cool because it's like it's never really went away. Yeah. And now I'm getting like live action shit. And like there's there's, you know, between the uh, the prequels, there was eight years of Clone Wars cartoons that like if you're not yeah, into that, like you didn't, <laughs> you, you didn't follow it. So like. The last time you saw Star Wars was, you know, Revenge of the Sith in what two thousand five, I think. Something like that, yeah. So, it just felt like it just felt like when you got a new Star Wars movie, it felt like super yeah. special. And now it's just like there's a million TV shows and, and all this. But yeah, um, it's like it goes away for three months, and then there's a new TV show or. You know. So, but like, I skip things. Like, I skip Boba Fett. I skip Solo. Like, so I'm like trying to keep it a little fresh. Right. Solo is fun. Like at some point, you should you should give I, that a I, go. It's fun stuff. I, that's my coworker said the same thing to me. He's like, I like that movie, dude. You should watch it. Um, this is fun. I think this is like, and again, it's like, it's weird to say because like I, I'm also like, oh, they should just branch out from the Skywalker shit and do other stuff. And that's kind of like what the Mandalorian does. It's like let's just have fun adventures. Mm-hmm. But this feels more weighty because it is back in, in like that storyline, and it like directly relates to it and stuff. Um, and it's just so like you already have built an investment in, in certain things. But um, I just think that Ewan McGregor is really great in it. Like he's carrying. He is. Sub- he's like better than like he raises the material. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just the, the shit he he's able to do. Um, I like the villain. I like how fucking badass and brutal Vader is in it. Um, I, like, I like the chemistry between between um, Obi Wan and and Leia. Yeah, baby Leia is great. Love her. <laughs> like, but uh, you know, so I, I I really don't have a lot of complaints with this. Um, no, it's good stuff. Um, I was like, I, cause I'm not like a not like a huge obi-wan like i mean whatever he's you know he is what he is like but not like i don't really care about him as a character but like this like yeah like this is good like they've done a good setup with with how he's kind of become the hermit and kind of see where he's going to end up um just yeah i really love this character who's just like we've lost you know what i mean like there, there is not there's not a point to anything we're kind of fucked but yeah, he's still like trying to do shit just because like he doesn't know what else to fucking do with himself at some point. And then like just uh, just uh you know I mean it's not really spoilers because um anybody that's followed anything about this this show knows that you know, Hayden Christensen has come back as Vader. You've already mentioned Vader, but that like there's a I moment, didn't know that was him playing it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, awesome. it's him. He's he's back. Um, but there there's a great moment uh, where one of the inquisitors who hunt the Jedi, she's taunting Obi-Wan as he's hiding. And she, she goes like, you know, 
Lord Vader has been looking for you for a long time, and she senses that like he didn't know, and so then she starts poking at yes, like Anakin Skywalker's alive. I'm like just the look on McGregor's face, like he did some great acting there. Like just you see the heartbreak that like you know this person that he loved and was like a brother to him. Like they really like. <laughs> I don't know, really validate those prequel. Like it, yeah. it was really cool before the whole um for the series, like like you're watching the first episode, there's a recap like previously yep. on and it's just shit from the fucking prequels. Like this is we're coming right off the prequels here into this and and I don't love the prequels, but I'm enjoying this. this I really am. This gives them some worth, yeah, definitely. I I do I do enjoy episode 3. Yeah, I always have. I've always defended it. I think that the and that added a content warning to this one, but like I always thought that the execute order sixty six shit and them killing the the Padawans and shit like it was so dark for Star Wars. Oh like yeah, was, and I just kind of love that they go for that. Um, there is some crazy shit in this too. Like there's a fucking stormtrooper gets sliced in half in the latest episode. I'm like, that was great. I was like, is more, this is more violent than I expect. Kinda, you like, know? Did I just see that? Like, yeah, that, yeah. Did, did I see a stormtrooper just like go through a, uh, like a, a security gate and get sliced in half? Like, What the Vader, fuck am I watching? Vader is so like, he's a bad dude. He's always a bad dude, but like, man, like in this, I was just like, Wow, dude! Like I, I, I was kind of surprised how far they go with some of this. So like I, I haven't like I'm only about halfway through that episode. So like he, he gets into some action in, in this one. Dude, he's like killing innocent children and shit. Like, great. Like, like, like he's just walking down the street, snapping people's necks and shit, trying to lure Obi Wan out. Nice. It's. I'm like. I mean, dude, not not like, nice. That's dark, it, but nice. It's. <laughs> I, I appreciate it honestly. Yeah. Like I'm like, make him a bad guy. Like make it you know. There's stakes. This thing. This dude will fucking kill people, dude, for no reason. Innocent people, kids, families, people have nothing. You know, civilians. Um, it's wild. Like I I, I got. Not, I'm not trying to hype the show up too much. Like I'm just surprised. I was thinking of skipping this, and I'm happy I didn't. So take that as you will. Like there's there's little things. Like there's part where. Uh, and I've seen a lot of nitpicking on this show, but this is something I did notice when I was watching it. In the first episode, when they Leia gets captured, like it's kind of goofy looking the way she's like oh, running around yeah, the yeah. forest. Did you notice that too? Like, yeah, it's clowny. It's like weird. Like she, she like is able to like juke these guys, and it's just like it doesn't look right. It doesn't look natural. Um, but I'm not one of these people like. People are like nitpicking the littlest things like that, or, or it's like I don't know. Overall, am I having a good time? And then, and yeah, I am. Like, this is really like really fun shit. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm easy to please sometimes, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So, not to like keep hammering the same points at home. Uh, Dis- Disney Plus has been driving it home for Jeff this week. <laughs> this month, pretty yeah, pretty good. I that Boba Fett, I tried with it. I didn't like it, but uh, you made the right call. Yeah, but, uh, you know, between The Mandalorian and this, they've at least been nailing Star Wars, I think, on, on the TV front. Um, <laughs> then we're not going to get I, a new movie for a while, so. Yeah, and, I, and the last movie, I just didn't like it, but it's, it's hard to wrap those things up, I guess, sometimes. 
I don't. I mean, I'm not the only one. Most people didn't like the last movie, um, and you know, big split on what is it? The Last Jedi is that the name of that one? Yep. Yeah, there's people that hate that. So. I and there's people that like I would not expect that hate it. Like it's not they're not doing it from like a misogynistic or whatever. I don't know what the deal was with it, but um, I have I, I have I, I really dig it. Like, I, I, I like it. I like it as a film. I have issues with where it leaves things but it's not necessarily uh ryan johnson's fault um they just did not plan that trilogy at all so i know i dig i you know what if if why does everything have to be a trilogy what if we did the force awakens and then the last jedi and then that was the end what would you think then oh i think it would be fine it's just yeah uh, that's to me it's like they were never gonna do that they knew they were making three of these movies so they They should Should not have have fucked it up. (laughs) Yeah. But but I like The Last Jedi. Like, if I taking it as a movie on its own and and saying if they did stop here, I thought it was an amazing ending. Like, really great. Like, I I, I don't know. There's problems I have with the movie with, like, pacing and shit and some of, like, the side quest shit in it. Like, but overall, like, the main things, like, the last half hour, I I really loved in that movie. So. Oh, yeah. It was better than. All the, the stuff on crate is great. Uh, but anyways, we could do yeah. a whole Star Wars podcast too. We we could. Maybe maybe at some point we will <laughs> we will revisit. But uh did you have anything else that you saw? No, just uh All right. Alright. Well, since we're done talking uh the the recent films we've seen. Well, let's get to the main event here. Uh 1997's Event Horizon up against 2007's Sunshine. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson versus Danny Boyle. Sci-fi space. Uh, we're going to jump into Event Horizon first. Let's let's start with that. Um, okay. And then go forward from there. After seven years in deep space. There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. Captain Miller! I've got some problems here! has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows where it's been and what it's brought back with it. Did you hear that? What is it? The ship is reacting to us and the reactions are getting stronger. What are you telling me? That this ship is alive? I have such wonderful things to show you. Oh my God. It knows my secrets. Knows my fears. Vacate. I want off this ship. You can't leave. She won't let you. God help us. 1997. It came out in August of 97. Directed by Paul W. S. Anderson. Uh, Budget of 60 million. Made 42 at the box office. It was basically a flop. Um, and, uh, yeah, 
So that's, that's kind of kind of where where it hit. Uh, cast of you know pretty pretty notable cast, especially at the the time there, like right before Lawrence Fishburne being the Matrix. Um, he's in this. Sam Neill, uh, Kathleen Quinlan, um, Jason Isaacs. Um, you know, de- decent cast. Jack Noseworthy from Dead at Twenty One, my favorite show. <laughs> Did you ever see that show? I don't think so. It was on MTV. It was like a. It was weird. It was like a half hour like thriller, sci-fi thriller type. You know, MTV has some cool shit in the nineties. I was so into that show, and he was like the main person. I forgot what the exactly what it was about, but uh, <laughs> anytime I see him pop up in something, I'm like Jack Noseworthy. It's all shit from the nineties. You this dude has not been seen since, but uh, um. So notably, uh, th- this film has like a, a crazy ass history. Um, it, right before it was was to, to come out, there was a you know a screening of it, a test screening, and uh, it did not go over very well. Uh, the complaints on it were uh, you know, that it was overly gory, um, okay. and. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Paramount executives who had been there at the, the screening were shocked by it. They had not been watching dailies or, or for whatever reason. And uh, they, they were completely shocked by it and came away demanding that uh, less gore, shorter runtime, um, and uh, to, to get it out. Uh, Anderson kind of made the cuts to it. And so that's what you see here. Um <laughs> In the in the film, uh, it was originally, I believe, 130 minutes long. I think what we got was 96 minutes. Uh, so there's a lot that is not seen here. Um, but uh, in any case, uh, simple setup. Um, sometime in the future, a uh, you know a ship that goes missing. It, it, it's all the way out by Neptune, I believe. It goes missing. And then seven years later, uh, they get a distress call from it and um, a team of, uh, the, you know, on this, this ship led by Lawrence Fishburne's captain, um, they go out to, uh, to see it. They bring along Sam Neill, who is the doctor who he, he is you know, into, he understands what the event horizon is because he designed the engine for it. And they all it's head out there. The original ship that like went missing. Yes. The event horizon oh, yeah. is the one that went missing. So they, they go out there looking for it. They're on the ship called the Lewis and Clark. Um, they, there, there's some cool stuff I think in there where they, um, kind of put them into stasis because, uh, the ship is going, it's not going faster than light, but it's going so fast that, like, basically it would rip your body apart. So you're hitting, like, 20, 30 Gs, so they have to put you in this this liquid solution. It's very alien-esque, um, kind of the design of it, like the, the pods and everything. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I think both the movies we're viewing tonight have, like, an alien aspect where we're going to oh, yeah. go out this distress signal oh yeah like, so, you know, no, there's, there's definitely that too like, like there, there is parallels between these two pretty heavily yep uh, um but yeah that's that's the basic premise of it uh i think like the the intro of this like the soundtrack is like 
it's fucking wacky. Like to start off, it's like this like weird kind of metalish electronic mm-hmm. metal music that doesn't really you, you, make sense for it. Don't they um, in the end credits play Prodigy? Yes. Like you yes. know, we are in 1997, yeah. and one thing I wanted to touch on from the beginning. Uh, before we blow past it, is like the, the title card is explaining what's going on. I think the very first title card says that like in 2015 we have our first permanent colony on the moon. Of like, <laughs> missed that 1997. You were very optimistic <laughs> yeah. about our future. I hate to report, future is not that bright. Uh, um. So like, yeah, I guess we'll jump jump into like kind of like where this goes. So like, yeah, like the the opening the credit sequence like all that it's like this is gonna be this is gonna be something else like it's very 90s um how everything kind of kicks off uh in fact ever everything all the visuals uh, all the, the credits it is all like 90s as fuck it's very yeah uh, yes. there's a very aliens vibe to like the intro scroll and and how they kind of uh introduce us to everything uh you know, it's going over this empty ship. You see stuff floating. The CG in that is so bad. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks horrible. I don't. I did not remember that it looked that bad. It's atrocious looking. Like, it is, like, some early, like, video game shit going on there. Yeah, I think... <laughs> yeah. Also, another little 90s touch... I think it's when they get on the event. They get on the event horizon, right? Like, yep. Uh, they find like the ship's log. It's on a fucking disc. Like, yes, like, yes. They pull out the yep. <laughs> log is on the DVD. I actually wrote that down. Log is on the DVD. LOL. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Same thing. <laughs> I um, same exact note. Thought there was like a cool jump scare pretty early on uh, when Sam Neil's shaving. Um, it, it, he's like visions he's having visions yeah and like he's like scraping at his neck and then it like just flashes off and it's like holy shit like that that actually worked pretty well um i already mentioned this, the uh go ahead this is like he's get doesn't he get like visions throughout of his yes. dead wife yeah they don't explain that until like really late in the movie yeah he's just seeing uh, her um like going what hey, happened to here. his wife i forget i this movie's already like leaving my brain she died uh, like yeah, died. yeah, yeah. Ba- ba- like basic on there she's 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 dead um uh and i've already mentioned like the kind of the the tanks they have to put you in so cool concept like scientifically accurate kind of concept for how your body would have to handle fast travel um because your body just can't take 20 25 g's straight up so some cool stuff there. Ship design, very alien. Like, I thought very alien-esque looking. Um, also, like, especially the original alien, like the, that derelict, not the, not the, the uh, Nostromo was like a derelict, but it was more like a freighter ship. So it was like kind yeah. of broken down, dark in parts, gives you like a kind of creepy vibe. Uh, Lewis and Clark kind of has that going for it as well. Um, and uh also thought it was, you know, when, when they're all getting out of their stasis pods, like, it was very much how aliens, like, the, the beginning of that, when they're all, you know, they're all waking up in aliens and, and talking yeah. to each other. Very, like, kind of camaraderie. They're all joking around. Um, so there's a lot ripped straight from aliens in this. 
Uh, I thought the ships looked great. I thought Lewis and Clark and the Event Horizon looked good. The mat work, though, not great. Like, uh, <laughs> it's very clearly that they have these models they put on top of paintings. Uh, the, the, the CG special effects, not great there. Um, then they kind of they, they get on the ship. Finally, they get there. They're on the ship. And they split up. Uh, two go to the bridge. One goes to the, uh, uh, I guess it's like the engine room, uh, which has this gravity core. Yeah, it has like this special drive. I thought that was really cool. Like the spiral hallway they have. I thought that was yeah. A, a there cool are look. some there are some visuals. I one of my knocks against this, against this movie is I think it's visually not great, but there are things. Like, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about there. Like that was one thing I thought was all right. Yeah, it's like a lot of like spinning gears and how, how it kind of like interacts with each other and it like gives you this cool optical illusion. Some of the set design is good. I, I guess my thing with the visuals is it's the CGI and this is kind of flat, cheap, cheap. It feels like I was watching a TV show a lot of times. It might be just due to the age. You said it had a budget on it, right? Like six sixty million dollar budget. That's um, a pretty big budget, uh, especially you know we're talking the nineties. So it's it, again, it's, it might still be hard to do, uh, you know, a space type movie with that budget. But still, that's a budget. It's not like here's ten million, figure it out. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Anyways, uh, but yeah, so like then they start exploring the ship. Uh, they don't they don't notice some of the the gruesome shit going on like their bodies just like kind of rip the shreds in the corners that they they can't see yet because the uh the lights are not on the power's not going on in the ship uh like there's just like a lot rip i keep having those like so much rip from alien yeah Um, it's gonna be hard to do a movie like this after alien and not uh, look influenced in some way. Oh yeah, know, for like, sure. It's just uh, <clears throat> so they finally do. They get the power on, and when they do, they restore gravity. And uh, there's this like this corpse kind of shatters on the ground. I thought that was a cool scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a, another link to uh, <laughs> it's to, to to the next film there there's there's some interesting ties i think between the two um as we go on but uh as they they start looking over the log they realize some shit's weird um bad stuff has happened on this ship uh and they're not really sure why uh, but it seems to stem from the the gravity drive that they've created we we get some background on that. Uh, Sam Neill's character explains what it is. Basically, he has found a way to create an artificial black hole. Um, yeah. Which you know, mumbo jumbo. Here's what it is. We we use this to jump basically to get. It's basically we rip, we rip a hole in space time to get us where we want to go faster. And we've opened up, you know. We don't we don't know what we've opened up, but basically we've opened up a portal to hell. <laughs> like, yeah, it, people it, say hell. Uh, yeah, you know it, it's it's this. Um, you call it, you could easily call it the upside down from Stranger Things. Sure, it's just this other fucking place that we don't rad. understand. Yeah, <laughs> like we, we've we've gone somewhere we don't understand. 
chaos uh, reigns. I think he even says something like that. Like it's a it's a world of chaos. Like yeah. Um, and then from there, it's like kind of just off off into the races. Like you know, shit starts going really bad. The ship kind of has become sentient in some way, and it's trying to keep the crew there, not let them leave. So, um, it's kind of possessing individual crew members and making them do shit to each other or to the other ship um the lewis and clark gets badly damaged and basically they're all going to run out of air <laughs> so and sam neill is slowly going crazier and crazier as the, the film goes on like he doesn't want to leave his his creation um and he doesn't want anybody else to leave either. Like he seems to be the most in tune with the ship and the drive. Um, and, and as he goes more and more crazy, you know, he eventually is walking around with fucking like his eyes are gone. Right. And yeah, uh, he pokes everything out. Um, I thought there was, he wants to take him back. He wants to take the, the ship back through the fucking, yep. he wants to go back through the, the portal. Game. Yep. To, like we're going, <laughs> we're going to this place of chaos and evil. I think he explains it as they finally decrypt the uh, the log, and basically it shows like a fucking cannibal orgy going on, where the the crew of the Event Horizon has gone crazy. They're fucking fucking each other and eating each other. <laughs> That's why there's gore all over the fucking place. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Lawrence Fishburne. He just goes, "We're leaving." <laughs> Like, yeah, there's some good shit with Fishburne late in the movie. Where he's just like, "Fuck this." <laughs> um, there's another guy, uh, Cooper. He's uh, he's kind of like the comic relief of the uh, of of the film. He's he's like the repairman and and uh, kind of knows how to fix shit. And he gets blown off the Lewis and Clark at one point, but he 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 pushes himself back <laughs> he's flying through space he's like coming up on the event horizon he's like here i come motherfucker <laughs> it's like a it's just goofy um and then like yeah like bad shit happens i think a couple of them get off uh, uh cooper and maybe kathleen quinlan's uh her medical technician i think they both get off the uh the ship they're the only two that, that survive and uh everybody else ends up dead and Lawrence Fishburne sacrifices himself to, to keep Sam Neill there I found uh my note on Fishburne what he what he said <laughs> back when he's like fuck this shit he's like he said uh I think I wrote down what he said he said I will fire missiles until I'm satisfied and yeah it's vaporized I think he's talking about the, sh- the ship yeah he says fuck this ship Yes. Yeah, he's got some great lines. That was a great part. Delivers them great, too. Like, he has great delivery. Like, the the, the note I have before that is what the hell is this video they're watching? And I think that might have been the word. Yeah, the kind of the word. Yeah, it's like, it's fucking nuts. Like, because it doesn't fit. Like, it's just like, what is this? Yeah. Uh, and, And then, like, you know, there's a shit blows up. Uh, maybe not in the most satisfying way, um, but the uh, Lewis, the Lewis and Clark kind of like just drifts off. Uh, well, no, it's the the end of the the Event Horizon. They separate the ship in half, 
So the one half like acts as a rescue ship and it floats out to the side, and uh, the other side with the drive, um, you know, is, is destroyed. Um, and I think like I have a note here. It's like where we're going. We don't need eyes. It's <laughs> yeah, what uh, that was that Sam Neill says. Yeah, he's, he's, Which he's is like, like a weird uh, Back to the Future reference. Like, <laughs> kind of. He's like he's just like looking crazy. He's ripped out his own eyes, sliced himself up. Uh, yeah, it's pretty simplistic. I I know you did not enjoy it uh, nearly no, as much no. as I did. Uh, I I still had quite a bit of fun with it. it it's dumb, um, but but I had a good time. Yeah, well, we touched on some of the things I liked about it, but like for one, despite the fact that this movie. It's not a success when it came out. It's built up a cult following over the years. Yeah, yes, and, definitely. And, you know, one of the things that maybe is a, a wrong impression I got, but one of the things that I've, I I always thought people said was like, God damn, this movie goes hard and, and, and it's like scary and, and shit. So, like, I was expecting, like, something more because, honestly, like the first hour of it, not a lot is going on. It's alien. Like, it is that like we're you know we're we're getting out to where we need to be and we're going to investigate and uh, yeah i was just i was kind of surprised that like how i thought it was gonna i don't know i don't know what i thought i just like my impression was that this was like a gem that i had overlooked for years and like i just thought it was kind of dull for like a lot of it uh and then once it gets going like it's just like i don't know i expected more out of well like, I think, like, the ideas in it are cool. Like, half my notes are, like, let's look at one of my notes. This is an idea that could yield some really trippy cerebral space horror. Um, and I said, but Anderson ain't the director for it. Like, no, he's, like I just, he is blunt. He is, he is a hammer. Like, I just, a great example is like there's a part near the end where Sam Neill's having a vision of his wife, like, and she's in like this bathtub full of blood, I think, right? She mm-hmm. gets out, yep. she's talking shit to him. And for whatever reason, it's two different scenes, but like, it made me think of the room 237 scene in, in The Shining. And it's like, you know, a fight between Kubrick and Paul W.S. Anderson. Like, Kubrick's going to win that fight every time. But like, it's just like, and it's not fair, but like I just like in my head I'm thinking like, what if someone like him made this like, <laughs> like this like this material the idea uh, of of there being like this, it's you know it's cosmic horror it's like the idea of like this other dimension where things don't make sense and there's chaos and evil and it's like if you put someone like a director who is more experimental and, and interesting in charge of this like. I just think you get it. Yeah, Anderson definitely I know plays you it appreciate straight. The movie for what it is, but yeah, like you just could you imagine if the director of Mandy, Mandy, like Panos Cosmatos, like got this material, like this movie would be fucking insane. Like, um, I watched right before this movie. I watched the movie Under the Skin, and like the way they approached <sighs> that movie is about aliens that like are like feeding on humans and they, they like lure men into like this house. And when they show like the visual uh, of what the aliens do 
to these men like it, it's like creepy and it doesn't quite make sense because it's alien it's incomprehensible like we don't understand it as humans like i think that this movie needed that touch to 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 i don't know make it something special and like if you want to just enjoy it as like this kind of fun schlocky space horror movie i also don't think it quite delivers on it like it's just kind of like i said dull for like the first hour and then like it looks flat there's a couple cool things like but yeah this did not like i didn't hate it like i didn't hate the movie i see the potential in it right and i think that's part of the problem is like i'm, I'm watching it thinking of what other directors would be doing with it so that's fair. I, I, I could definitely see that. Like, it, one, I don't think it is aged quite as well as I remember it. That's the last uh, time you watched it. Uh, probably about eight, eight yeah. nine years ago. Um, and we've gotten a lot of, of good sci-fi in, in that time. So, um, but I think, like, for me, like, it, it's still, like, the, the moments I like from it still work. I enjoy the, the slow opening. Like, it's very alien um, to me, I enjoy the crew. I enjoy meeting them. Like, I enjoy the what the ship looks like and, and that type of stuff. Um, I don't think the effects <laughs> the effects look the bad. Effects. Like they're I they're mean, bad. I'll give them this. It's 1997, right? And it looks better than the Exorcist movie that came out. Yeah. In what 2005? 2005. Or, yeah. yeah. So, um, for, <laughs> I mean, that's not giving it. That's not high praise. Yeah, for for me, like I thought it worked well enough as like this kind of haunted house in space. Um but I can definitely see where like, nope, it doesn't does not hit those notes. I could see where it would be better if, you know, somebody else had tried to do maybe something a little more with it. Anderson definitely plays this straight. He does most He doesn't he straight. doesn't have a lot of he doesn't have like a lot of player to him as director. No. He's okay at directing a certain type of action, you know. But uh, I just think the material here like calls for weirdness. Like it, it wants to be weird, and, and he's just—I don't know—he's just not the right guy for it for me. I don't know. It's, it's it, but you know, one of my notes was I know this movie has its fans, but I doubt many of them watch the movie for the first time in 2022 like it's just yes that's it watching it now it's hard to put myself in the mind of you seeing this in 1997 you right know I mean? so i i saw it when it came out and, and at the time like we weren't getting like sci-fi space movies at all like they, they yeah. really weren't around um like the you know maybe what alien 3 was was not too Which, far off there alien I, 4 was probably coming out at some point I did not like Alien Three. I'll take Alien Four over this, though. I mean, I it's that, it's I definitely know people would not agree with me. But. I, I sure I'm I don't I, I like Alien Resurrection, uh, which is also the same year. Alien Resurrection, same year. So it was kind of like resurgence know. on this. Uh, came out a couple months after after yeah, uh, when we get Jason X, probably like early two thousands. Um, I think that's probably exactly when we got it. The, the thing that cracks me up, like, again, I think the set design in this is pretty cool, but, like, I don't know. I, oftentimes, I thought it looked like Jason X, like, like, which is probably at a budget of, like, $2 million. Uh, um, 
Jason X was 2002. Uh, and that was probably sitting on a shelf for a little while. Um, yeah, that, that only had a budget of, of $14 million. So. That had $14 million budget? Yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, anyways, that has shattering person. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, I'll take Jason X any day over this. Just sure, I, Jason X is fun. And Jason X is like, like again, it's like you either gotta give me something smart and trippy and weird, or you go with a fun space war route, which I think just Jason X. Again, <laughs> it, it, I'm not saying Jason X is a good movie, but I do enjoy it. Uh, I've I just, you know, if I I'm will, gonna go for that route, I, I would go for that over this. I will say that it, it is a good movie. <laughs> I like Jason X. Jason fun. X, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also like the Horizon, so what do I know? Yeah. Well, I guess uh, let's do uh, do do our do our final thoughts, ratings. I think we've we've kind of hit all our thoughts on it. Yeah, but... I, I I think that that the ideas are better than the execution here, and I don't know. I, I it's one of those you had to be there things. I think for me because it's just it didn't do much for me. It's kind of right down the middle of the road. I'm giving it a five point five. Okay, um, I am. I'm not actually that much higher than you. I'm giving it a, a six out of uh, out of ten. Um, but I, I I clearly liked it more than you. So yeah, yeah. Numbers aren't everything. Um, that brings us to our our second film on the docket. Uh, 2007 Sunshine. Our sun is dying. Mankind faces extinction. Sixteen months ago, I, Robert Kappa, and a crew of seven left Earth frozen in a solar winter. Our mission, reignite the sun before it's too late. Welcome to Icarus 2. Directed by Danny Boyle, uh, written by Alex Garland, um, who yeah, I, I did you, not know. I did not did did not know that that he was the the one that did that. Um, he has a new movie out in theaters called Men. Yeah, which I haven't have not seen yet. Uh, I have not seen it either. But he he did one of my favorite sci-fi movies ever. He did um, Ex Machina. Yep. He also wrote. You know, and Danny Boyle directed uh, 28 Days Later. So I like Alex Garland. Hey, he wrote Dread, too. I know, I know, right? Like, Alex Garland's done some awesome fucking shit. So yes. it's like, I always have to see what he what he's going to do next, even though I think Ben looks not great. Um, he's always interesting, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny Boyle, uh, you know, claim director at this point, uh, kind of, for me, kind of burst on the scene with, with 28 days later i think i'd seen i'd seen the beach before i had not seen train spotting before uh oh, wow. before train that spotting. i saw train spotting when it came out amazing movie um 
but uh, it's 28 days later, and then this film here, uh, giving giving away a little bit, but uh, Sunshine was like kind of like, yes, I need to watch everything this guy does. <laughs> I it, I think this was the only Danny Boyle movie I have not seen. I don't uh, know how, but <laughs> uh, simple concept: uh, the sun is dying, and uh, because of that, the Earth is freezing. So our best scientists have uh, mined basically everything they can on Earth and created a what they're calling a stellar bomb. They, they explain what they mined, but basically there's not enough of whatever that material is to do another one of these. Previous to this, previous to the, the ship that is, that is out there with the, the crew we're going to you know, learn to, to meet, um, they sent the Icarus 1. And it, it went dark. Um, it was the, the first trip out there to, to set a bomb off in the sun and make it get hot again. Um, and it goes missing. So uh, Icarus 2 on its way out there. And this is for all the marbles now. Yeah, like you said, right? They, they got all the material to make this fucking nuke. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And that, 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 that does come into this because yeah. um, shortly along the way, they get they received a signal um, a- after they kind of enter the proximity of Mercury. Um, they receive a signal from what is ultimately identified as the Icarus one. And they're like, holy shit, like it's still out here. And the, the main doctor played by Cillian Murphy here, uh, he is left with the decision uh, to, to go out there or not. And he, he makes the call of like, hey, if we fuck up on this first one, you know, if we have a second ship, that is two chances to do this. We don't know what's going to happen. Like two shots is better than one shot. So they, they make the decision to go out and uh, go towards um, the Icarus one. And uh, along the way, bad shit happens. <laughs> Uh, well, like one mistake is made, and that just leads to a series yeah. of just increasingly tense. Like we are fucked. Like yeah, like very simple mistake. Like where he did not adjust the shields, right? Like they, he's like they had to change their trajectory to to reach the ship. Yep. The guy in charge of whatever that like he he did not adjust the sun shield i guess the sun yeah is so fucking bright like there's a part right at the beginning where a dude goes sits in a room to look at the sun and they like show it at, at like one percent it's so goddamn bright um and uh, i guess the sun is bright the sun is powerful <laughs> and, i don't know and they're getting closer and closer to it yeah like, yeah and, and um, so it's like because these shields are not adjusted they're, they're in major trouble um yeah, just shit falls apart from there. I don't know. Like, I was gripped. Like, I was. It is very, very well done. Uh, it's like here's this like little thing that happens, and shit, we can fix it. Um, it's it's it, it, it's increasingly like impossible situations, and, and like at some point they realize uh, they don't have enough oxygen to even get to. to don't even worry about getting back, but just to finish their mission, they don't have enough oxygen to get there unless two more people die first. Like, it's like, yeah. so what are we going to be doing? Drawing straws here? Like, so, so because of the shields, because of 
the shield's going bad, like, or the they need to go out and fix them. Then, um, and also did not mention. Yeah, yeah, there ends up being a fire there, but but for, forgot to completely mention. I mentioned Cillian Murphy, but this cast is fucking phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Chris Evans, Rose Byrne, Michelle Yeoh, um, uh, Benedict Wong, um, Hiroko Sonata. Like th- this is a this is a great great cast across the board. But anyway, Rose Byrne, uh, she is trying to you know like give. The captain and Cillian Murphy, who are out there trying to repair the shields, give them as much cover as from the sun as, as she can. And she shifts like this thing that's spinning around. And in doing so, it inadvertently opens up, you know, sunlight to this whole area where their their oxygen garden is. And as Jeff said, that catches on fire and that whole thing burns down. So now they don't have any fucking oxygen. <laughs> uh, and like literally not, not just enough to not even to get to the sun. Like, like if we don't lose multiple people, we're not going to make it uh, there at all, let alone back. And uh, it, it gets messy, consistently messy. They, they end up on the Icarus one more bad shit happens. Like it is just a cavalcade of trouble like, getting getting back from the Icarus one. Yeah, I forgot exactly what happened. Like I remember one point, I think Chris Evans has to wrap himself in fucking uh, yeah. So like, insulation that he finds. <laughs> so they have docked with the Icarus one in, in like a you know it's a you know it's a docking tube. So like you can walk across, and they, they don't know if there's atmosphere, so they're wearing spacesuits. Um, when they get there, you know, they, they have oxygen. They don't all have outdoor spacesuits though, like special spacesuits. So, uh, when shit goes bad and, and somebody, something blows the airlock up. So there's not a connection anymore between the Icarus one and Icarus two. And we find out what that is shortly, but, um, Chris Evans, and uh, this other guy, they don't have the special spacesuit, so they basically start ripping the insulation and an aluminum off the the wall of the airlock. And they're going to use the depressurization of the airlock to shoot them across. So one guy that's like really scared, and he he like argues that he should be the one to get to wear the suit to, to wear back, like to go back. And it's like, even though he's like the least useful member at this point. Yeah. He's like the, the commu- comms guy. He's they don't the, have comms anymore. Yeah. He's the communications officer. And technically he's the, the ranking officer because the captain has died. So he's, he's technically now the captain, but um, Cillian Murphy is the only one that knows how to activate the, the sun it's bomb. Just- I, I I just love I don't know man like it, it touches on like I I can't say I would be different from them to be honest with you like I don't want to die you know what I mean right like, I don't know I, I just like it touches like good sci-fi will touch on human nature you know what I mean like and and so Chris Evans his character comes up with like no there's a way we can survive like yeah like it is is the most insane like but yeah they wrap themselves in this insulation and and shoot themselves across the uh harvey the the comms officer 
he somehow gets disconnected from them and and ends up floating away. Turns into a fucking ice cube. <laughs> and there there's another corpse shattering, <laughs> frozen corpse yeah. shattering. Chris uh, Evans gets his thumb frozen, uh, and you know because yeah. he, he, he parts of them are exposed. You know, it's like that part gets frozen. I don't know, dude. I was so into this, like it's such a it's so like every every time it ramps up, it's like the next solution is even crazier. And yeah, it's yeah, fun. yeah. And it's all like I don't know if it's scientifically sound, but it seems like like logically like it, it connects in your brain. Like this makes sense. If, yeah, it feels like there's a lot of science in it. Yeah, you know whether yeah whether any of it's right, I don't know. I'm not I'm right. Not I, I don't know if you can create a ship that like would withstand the sun's heat. You can get right up to it like with this weird yeah, shield thing. Know, None of that makes any sense to me. But if, who cares? It feels thought out. It feels yeah. like I don't know. That's what you want out of sci-fi. Like you, again, I'm not a scientist, so I'm not gonna. You know, what's, what's that guy that the, did the new Cosmos? Uh, I can't think of his name. Neil deGrasse. Yeah. Uh, like, he'll always be posting out, like, shit that, like, movies got wrong. Maybe he can pick this apart. Oh, I'm sure, but, yeah. But, you know, I, I I just want it to be convincing. I want the the jargon to feel like somebody, somebody, and Alex Garner is so good at that. Like, especially in Ex Machina, like, the way they talk about AIs, like, it's so interesting, dude. Like it, it's like food for your brain, you know. Yep. Um, right. And there, there's a lot of that here too, where it's just like I, I don't know. Like I don't know if it's right, but as a smart person, it's it's entertaining me. It's entertaining that smart part of my brain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like the, this is. It sounds. It sounds it's realistic legit. enough <laughs> that it's like. That you can go yeah. along for the absurd ride. Yeah. It's really taking you on. It's so much fun. And that, but once they get back on the ship from that like crazy spacewalk where they're not covered, um, it, it it takes the the film takes a little bit of a turn. It kind of becomes a uh, you know a stalker slasher type thing for a little bit. A little bit, but it, you have all the other problems. Like this is my thing with it. Like people say that, but it's like. You still have all the other problems that are happening. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't, on top of it, it's I just like, think it adds a new element to it as yeah. well. Um, but it's like I don't feel like the. I don't know. I almost wish they just cut that part of it because, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't need. Sorry to like, eat the reins for a second, but it's like the fucking. What is it? The captain of the Icarus One. Yes. Is still alive and he's completely insane and now he's snuck back onto their ship. Yeah, kind of stalking and killing stuff. It's like you don't need him because everything else is fucked to begin with, right? Like it's kind of. I mean, I don't. I have nothing against it, but I guess some people did. It seems like people don't like like how this ends. I don't know. I I find it fun that like it does take that little shift, and now you have basically like a killer on board, and it and it's also the added element of like, all right, you've you've eliminated the fact that only four of you could survive, right? Like, so you've lost the two you needed to lose. Uh, but now there's, like, the, the computer is like, no, there's still a fifth person on board. And, like, now you're trying to, like, figure out that that problem. Um, so I think it adds it adds a neat new element, um, neat new twist, and it still does leave you with, 
you know, Chris Evans is still trying to fix shit and Michelle Yeoh is still trying to, you know, get the, uh, you know, find out some way to give us more oxygen. Um, it's like all that stuff is still playing out. Uh, and it's it's fun, though, I think that this whole like last act where they're kind of being chased and, and hunted um, is still a good, fun time. Uh, it does take a little weird trip once they do get into the sun. Uh, when, you know, it looks like space and, and, and Cillian Murphy's character explains this, like once you get into the sun, the bomb starts to go off and it's going to disrupt space and time so you're going to get some like weird weird effects like you we're not really sure what happens at that point uh so you do get some like cool gravity effects and um some some cool scenes there that are really trippy i think um and it's it's quite fun for me yeah i mean i you know what the only thing i don't like at the end here it's like a small thing but it really bugged the shit out of me is is when the stalker killer's running around Mm mm-hmm Anytime he's around, you get this weird blur, like, shaking effect. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, I don't understand. Um, yeah, I do. It's kind I- of one of my only complaints about the movie. Like, I don't hate that this guy's there, but, like, I don't understand why like, the movie has to go blurry when he shows up. Like, it's yeah, it's weird. You can just double sh- vision thing. Like, you can just show that and... and- like the double vision towards the end, or like where where they're trying to give the effect of like space time warping, That's that makes thing. sense. But yeah, like yeah. when it's happening before that, it doesn't make a whole lot Anytime of sense. Anytime Pin Baker is around, you get that effect, and it's like probably one of my only real complaints about the movie. For the most part, I was eating this shit up. Like I was like, holy shit! Like this is like a this is a gem that like for whatever reason people don't. I, I guess. I don't know. I know you love it, but like I, I don't really see people talk about it ever. You, yeah. you know when you see people talking about Danny Boyle, it's always train spotting or twenty eight days later. It's never never this one for some reason. And it's such like it's just such a fun space movie. Like it's and it's realistic. Like you know, as realistic as, as something like this can be it, it makes sense. Like it's logical. It's you know, we, we said like it it sounds realistic. It sounds legit. Um, and uh, I guess did you touch on like what the, the very end like they pull it off it seems like yeah so like they get they get so uh, before that um, they, bef- before they, they reach Mercury they're kind of like hey like this is the last chance you're gonna get to send a message home um, to your family and we hear Cillian Murphy kind of like gives this like speech to his uh, to his sister where he's like uh, you know we're about to do this thing and if it succeeds you're, you'll know uh, about eight minutes after after it happens, it'll get, it'll get bright out. Yeah, it's like a, so. If you see like it's a really nice day out, like you know that we succeeded, yeah. and and the end of the film is back on Earth, and it's like it's this winter wasteland, really, like snow everywhere, and it's a uh, this woman, her two kids are kind of out, they're they're playing outside, and you kind of look over, and then the sun, you see the shadow of you know. Oh, it's over the earth and it could just be cloud cover right like but the sun comes out and and you see the sun overtake the you know where the shade was so it's kind of implied that it succeeded um and i thought i think i thought that was a really nice way of doing it like we don't know if it worked or not there's no like yay we did it like it's just 
yeah, they're, they're fucked. They're dead. <laughs> yeah, it's just this hopeful yeah. moment that, like, yeah, hey, like, it, it, it maybe it worked. Way, beautiful fucking score to this movie. Music yeah. is fantastic, and I, I know I've heard this music elsewhere. It's probably been used in ads, I or like I've seen it in YouTube videos. Like YouTubers use it. I, I, I've heard this score before. Like I knew the score, and I never seen the movie. And there's a reason why it's it's fucking great. Of course, people are going to use it. Um, it's um, speaking of like you know sound in it. Like I thought that the uh, they do a Boyle does a great thing here where he uses sound to simulate the intensity of the sun's power. So like you mentioned early on, like where the guy is sitting in the, the viewing yeah. room and, and he like, Oh, like boost it up to like, you know, 50%. Oh, you can't do that. You'll go blind. Um, but we can, we can boost it to like 3.2% or something. So, all right, do it to that. And like, you have like 30 seconds and it's like just 30 seconds of like sound blaring at you as the sun hits and they do that multiple times whenever they show the sun's intensity, it's like just this blaring heavy noise um, that they, so you can't really show the impact of light uh, and how powerful it is. So, so he uses what you can do in in the medium and it's like, I'm going to make this loud and you're going to know it's painful. And so it's really cool. Like to go along with that, that cool soundtrack. Um, I think we'd like, it's, for me, it really comes back to, it's like, you know, it's sounds logically and scientifically real. Like they think through their problems. Like it's not just, oh, this is how it like, you know, going back to event horizon, like sometimes their solutions are just like, kind of just, this is how it is. Like, there's no, we're going to think through this problem. It's just, this is how we fix it. Cause that's what the story calls for. This is like they have there's a whole scene where they talk about you know, what they should do and um, how they're going to get there. Like Chris Evans actually like volunteers uh, Cillian Murphy's character. He's like, no, that motherfucker can go this time. Like there's like good interaction through the crew. Yeah, yeah there's good chemistry. Yeah. Um, I think the design of the sunsuits that they have. It's really, really fantastic. Uh, it's like these special spacesuits that they can take out um, for spacewalks when they're closer to the sun. It's these gold suits that have like this little slit that you can see through. Um, yeah, like uh, it's just like really, really cool film. Um, and I do. I, I agree. I think it's it's something. It's a shame that like people kind of overlook it. I, I if you're a sci-fi person, this is like a pretty much a must see. I think. And it kind of bombed at the like. I mean, it made thirty two million, but it was on a forty million dollar budget, so it did not make its money back. Um, this had a smaller budget than, than, Event, Horizon. than Event Horizon a decade wow. later as well. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. it, and it, it grossed uh, less money too. So that's very disappointing. I don't know. I, I I think this is a gem. It's interesting. Event Horizon is getting a 4K release from Paramount. The studio is putting out a 4K uh, this year, I guess. Uh, huh. And Sunshine, I don't think <laughs> it needs a revival. I don't know. I think Sunshine's worthwhile. Yeah, um, I I mean it is. 
it is one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Like it is really, really good. I could see it. Yeah, I you know, is it one of my? F- no, I, I'd say Alex Garland's uh, Ex Machina is definitely like one of my favorites. But this is really awesome. Like I don't know, totally into it. Again, one of my only real gripes is like the weird blur effect that happens, like the double vision effect that when Pinbaker gets on. I don't think the Pinbaker thing, like you know, that that of a crazed captain is like necessary. But I totally see what you're saying. Where it's like, no, it's kind of cool that we're gonna add this. I do think Alex Garland was upset with that or something in the third act because, like, shortly after this is when he decided he's directing his own movies and not having Danny Boyle do them. Um, hmm, I I should look that up. I want to love to see what what his issue was with it. Uh, I, would, I I didn't look into. I, I guess I, I didn't do my homework 100, percent but I did hear that like he. I think he was upset with what whatever. I I want I have. I have to guess it's the third act because that's the only thing that people really seem to have an issue with with this movie. And again, I don't. I there's like a weird visual effect that I don't like in the third act, but otherwise I'm like it's cool. Like I kind of wish that the guy was doing more fucked up kills and shit in in that part near the end. But it was you know again an element that's not necessary, but generally I would just welcome. Like I have no problem with like. I don't know. To me, and to me, entertaining, like awesome sci-fi movie. And I, I firmly put this in sci-fi. I uh, don't think of it as horror. Um, minor horror elements, I'd say. Like to yeah. me, it's, it's really solid uh, sci-fi movie. Yeah, there's definitely more of a horror element to Event Horizon than this. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. But uh, uh, some some of the uh, things that. Uh, I kind of wanted to, to to note that link up i think is so the event horizon is missing for seven years before the lewis and clark meet up with it and the icarus and icarus uh two are also seven years apart <laughs> uh very similar in concept where they receive the the distress beacon uh, similar thing where uh you know ends up with a crazy crew member in, in the case of event horizon it's sam neal on the ship uh and he's the one that goes crazy but then uh you know this deformed guy from the original ship uh, he kind of like takes on that same same role like there's weird weird matches together i think sure. that um i don't know if uh boyle and um garland like took any inspiration from it at all, but it, it's like there's like neat touches to uh to the to the two. I do think like when you're dealing in this genre, you are gonna just kind of repeat certain things. Like same sure. thing I said, like it's impossible not to have alien, like not to be running an alien. I don't know. It's just it's, it's yeah, limited. Yeah, you're on a spaceship. Something badass to have. You know what I mean? Like it's it's there's only so many things you can do. Um, actually it's in, in, now I don't know this Wikipedia, but it says, uh, influences from other sci-fi fiction films also include Paul W.S. Anderson's Event Horizon. Well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Alex Garland is a fan. So, uh, yeah, it's may, maybe, uh, maybe they, they touched on it just a little bit, yeah. um, to, to link up fun stuff. Uh, I'm glad you, you enjoyed this one. Um, very much, yeah. I'm glad. Uh, glad I brought you something you haven't seen yet either. So, 
two things I've not seen. Yeah. Uh, um, what what what's what's your score here? This is a very solid sci-fi. It's like if you're if you're into space shit, you should definitely watch this movie. I'm giving it a seven point five. And again, I'm just slightly above Jeff, and I'm yeah. going, going at eight. See, you need to start using these half points things. Um, then we'd be we'd be right in you know in sync. Yeah. Uh what did our? I mean, clearly we are both on the side here that that Sunshine is the superior of these two films. Yeah. But uh, what what, you know, what did our people say? Old people and internet was kind of, actually kind of split. Again, not a ton of votes, but uh, 40, 60, 40 split uh, in favor of Sunshine. Okay. So there's people like Event Horizon definitely has its fans. Has fans, yeah. Uh, I, I'm to me it's like if you're putting these two movies up against each other there's no contest but uh you know maybe for some people they just want the like the haunted house whatever like yeah it's fine uh i just to me there's a version of that horizon that is way fucking cooler uh maybe they'll make it someday maybe um what's his what's who's the guy who did halloween uh, Gordon Green, David Gordon Green, or oh no, okay, yes, that's who I was thinking of, but no, um, for some reason, uh, for some reason, that's who I was thinking, but uh, evidently Adam Wingard was uh, he was signed on to uh, work with Paramount and Amazon to make a TV show based on it. Um, that was a couple of years ago, so I don't know if that's happening or not, but. He was also in talks of doing a remake of I Saw the Devil at some point. Which, uh, I'm surprised that still hasn't gotten remade as a... Yeah, as an American film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm interested to see the um, Train to Busan remake that's coming out. Yeah, I think it could could be okay. Going off on tangents. Alright. Jeff, what... What am I... (laughs) What am I in for next month? Well, I think summer's a good time for action, right? You get your big summer blockbusters. We just got Top Gun, right? Yeah, we did. I'm gonna, we're going <laughs> to honor that. I might make it a thing where every summer I, I do some action movies for us. Maybe I'll make you watch uh, Den of Thieves and uh, Wrath of Man next summer. Oh, uh, so we? how about we just do that now? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I, what we're going to do, <laughs> we're not going to do blockbuster action movies. We're going to do homemade action movies truly truly independent action movies from people who have no backing from hollywood or basically anybody they went out and made movies on their own Including and their made parents. a mark their parents don't even back them yeah no i don't think so i don't think <laughs> in either case so uh we're gonna do from uganda um a movie called who killed captain alex a budget of somewhere between $85 and $165. Budget of this <laughs> and from Dayton, Ohio, we're going to do Deadbeat at Dawn. Um, and Deadbeat at Dawn, I know uh, a friend of ours who's a fan of it. So I'm going to try to get him on as a special guest. We've had him on before, our good friend Javi. Um, to review both of these movies for our July episode. Are you excited? 
so so excited. Uh, Just remember, where, where can people watch these films, Jeff? Okay, what, what? so go ahead. Deadbeat at Dawn for the longest time was on Shutter, and it actually was on an episode of Joe Bob, one of the better episodes of Joe Bob because he's very passionate about it and he had tons of info. It's gone. It is on Tubi. Luckily, luckily, both these movies are on Tubi. Oh, oh, really? Easy to watch along. You don't even have to sign up. Tubi is just a godsend. Yeah, thank God for Tubi. <laughs> so you don't even have to spend money watching these movies, Chris. But just remember, like, yeah, I give it a little bit of, you know, a little bit of slack. Because, you know, these are people that like, they have no backing. And I think, it, like... I have not seen uh, Who Killed Captain Alex, but in the case of Deadbeat at Dawn, like, there's something impressive about it, because again, it's like, this guy is doing action, and and he's got, like, he doesn't have a stunt coordinator, you know what I mean? He's like a 25-year-old kid that, like, took his tuition money and said, I'm fucking making a movie, and it's like if Kevin Smith decided he was making a fucking action movie, and it's very dangerous, like, the stuff that he, that that he did here it's like you put your life at risk to make this dumb like double dragon movie basically um anyways uh, th- not to give away my thoughts too much uh, on these but uh i'm interested right. to see Rick's lands on these homemade right. action movies that uh, we do for july so uh, spoiler here jeff showed me the trailer for who killed captain alex earlier today <laughs> And that is why maybe I am a, a little muted <laughs> in my, uh, my anticipation for this. I don't know how. I showed, I showed uh, Javi the trailer for Captain Alex, and he went and bought it immediately. Like, he was just like, Christ. It's like, oh my fucking God, this looks amazing. And I'm with Javi. Like, it looks, I think it looks it, awesome. It's something. It is. Uh, we will see. I will go into both with an open mind, as, as open a mind as I can after seeing that Who Killed a Captain Alex trailer. But um, yeah, this is this is something I don't think we've ever had a, a movie with an eighty-five dollar budget. So yeah, gotta celebrate the little guy sometimes. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, that will be next month. Um, Who Killed Captain Alex and Deadbeat at Dawn. Classics. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yes.